This is Feed, Play, Love, a podcast especially for the parents and carers of small children. I'm your host, Siobhan Hunt. Over the years, I've spoken to some really interesting people about parenting, and this next interview is one from our collection. I hope you enjoy it. You might think that having a gifted and talented child is a straight-out blessing. You can sit back and watch as your child bounds into the future, acing all their classes to a fabulous career at the top of their field. But identifying these traits in your child and then supporting them into the future is critical for both their social and emotional well-being. Julie Green is the Executive Director of the Raising Children Network, the complete online parenting website, and we're also joined by Bryony, whose daughter is considered gifted and talented. Hi, Julie. Hi, Siobhan. Hi, Bryony. How are you? Good, thank you. So, Julie, if we can start with you, how do you actually define gifted and talented? Well, gifted is one thing and talented is another. So let's start with gifted. If a child's gifted, it means that they have advanced natural abilities. And there might be a range of those. They might be gifted in um, intellectually or creatively. Um, but just like all children, whether um, a child is gifted and talented, it comes with joys and challenges like every family. <laughs> Talented children, um, really what talented is telling us is that it's referring to children who are gifted, but those gifts are nurtured and they grow into talents. Uh, so it may be musically or academically or in, in a sporting uh, sense. So that's what gifts are, that they're really nurtured and then they become talents. So Bryony, um, your daughter has been diagnosed as gifted and talented. When did you notice that there was something different about her? It does, it's not obvious uh, for a lot of children from the, from the point of view as I, I worked a lot so I didn't go to a lot of the mothers groups where I guess parents would normally compare their their children. I didn't know that it wasn't normal to have a full conversation with my 18 month old. <laughs> um, and I just, you know, I just everyone would say, well, she's very bright, and you go, yes, but you know, everyone thinks their child's bright. Um, you know, so I probably didn't notice it until she actually uh, used to make herself sick, so she didn't have to go to school because she hated school so much. Um, and I thought, what what's going on here? There's, some, there's something not right. Why is my child not wanting to go to school? She was very vivacious in um, in early learning. Um, you know, she she actually used to escape out of the the under threes room and go into the over threes room because she was bored by the the children uh, that you know that were her age. And it wasn't until you put her into that school setting where she actually was with her age peers that we started to see a real issue. Um, we then took her, I then took her to a developmental psychologist thinking, I think my daughter's depressed because, you know, what child makes himself be sick so they don't have to go to school? And, and then we went through the milestones and she's just gone, oh, I think she might be gifted. And I'm like, aren't gifted kids meant to love school? Um, <laughs> you know, are you sure? And, um, and after the assessment, we, she sat us down and said, yes, you know, she's highly gifted. And we're sort of going, really? It, it turned out she was in the wrong type of learning environment. She wasn't getting what she needed to, um, to encourage her growth. And, and it took three years 
to to find the right environment and to to reverse the damage that was caused. Well, um, I'll, I'll just stop you there for a second, Bryony, because I would like to bring Julie in here and sure. ask if is it possible to diagnose children with being gifted and talented before they hit uh, primary school? Because I guess what Bryony is saying is that um, for her daughter. It was hard for her even before then to get the kind of um, intellectual stimulation that she needed. Yeah, well, I think um, what becomes most obvious uh, in terms of identifying gifted children is seeing them compared to other children the same age because their their natural abilities are generally well above and beyond other, other kids that same age. Uh, families and friends notice it. Um, other people will comment, ch- preschool or childcare workers, they will make those observations and... Uh, and the pieces gradually come together. It may not be a single aha moment, but parents, um, just through observing and listening and talking to others, will start to see that there's something different about their child, especially in comparison to other kids the same age. And uh, the other thing that Bryony mentioned was that her daughter was um, making herself sick and didn't want to go to school. What's the kind of fallout um, for children if they're gifted and then and not recognised as such? Well, gifted and talented children learn in ways that match their natural abilities. So uh, they have a great thirst for learning. It's just a, a natural drive, and um, and so understandably they're looking to be engaged in learning activities or or play that um, helps them to discover or unpack or or make sense of something so um, it it really is a very important part of putting uh, the right sort of needs around gifted and talented children for for those kids to have their learning needs met in a very particular way and um, Bryony says that she said that she took her daughter to see a, a psychologist because she was worried she was depressed. Who is the right person if you suspect that your child might have these these talents? Who's the right person to assess that and help you find the right help? Look, there's a there's lots of people out there in our community who um, parents can have a conversation with. They can talk to their child and family health nurse, who um, these nurses know inside out the range of normal and and what's expected uh, of of children at certain ages. Uh, where children are going to childcare or preschool, their um, their early learning teachers, early years teachers, uh, are great to be able to talk about that. If it's a school, it may be the class teacher, or um, someone in the in the school it might be um, someone who works with children with additional needs. They usually have a. a, a a great sense of what's normal and what might be sitting above normal in this case. You're listening to Kindling Conversation and we're speaking with Julie Green, who's the Executive Director of the Raising Ch- Raising Children Network, and Bryony, whose daughter is considered gifted and talented. Bryony, when you, were, when you found out that your daughter was gifted and talented, what was the next step for you in trying um, to support her? Well, because she had such an aversion um, to school, uh, it all came down. I was fortunate enough to be able to take three months off work and I fully immersed myself in everything that was gifted, books, seminars, um, 
talking with lots of different developmental psychologists, um, talking with teachers. I um, went to 27 different schools to try and find a school that would better suit um, my daughter because I went to my daughter's school and they were completely inflexible and um did they recognize that she she needed extra support though yeah they they absolutely did i mean they had a they had a school psychologist and she went through all the findings and and everything else like that but the problem the problem was is that they had a certain method of teaching and um if they didn't tick every single box as they went along um, you know, she couldn't progress to the next level. So with gifted kids and, and gifted and talented kids, you really do need to separate them into two separate boxes because gifted kids think completely differently to talented kids. So, for instance, my daughter needs to know the why before she even cares about the how. So you you would never be able to go because I told you so or anything like that. She's the kind of kid that needs to to skip a few steps in math to understand why she needs to learn those few steps, you know, and at the school that she was at, they wouldn't allow her to, to go over a few steps and make mistakes. They wanted to know 100% that she knew all the foundations before she could progress to the next step. So she became quite bored and frustrated because it wasn't moving at the speed that, that she needed. Franny, I just have to ask as well, um, She's she was five, I understand you are saying she was at school. Was she five years old when all this was happening or...? Yeah, look, she um, when she went from the, the community crash that she was at, where she was in the over threes room from when she was a year old, um, we started her at a, an e, ELC um, at a you know a very good school, and um, that's when things started to change, you know, for and, her. And for her, I mean, that's a. I'm, I'm thinking of my own daughter who is about to start school, maybe well next year, not about to. But and uh, for me, one of the the big things um, at such a tender age is her social um, network and her friends. What was the impact on your daughter's social life to have these frustrations at school? It, it was huge because she understood what kids were saying, um, even though the kids didn't understand the things that they were saying. So, you know, gifted kids need friends for life. They don't like friends that are here today, gone tomorrow. Um, you know, they like consistency. They, they like adult relationships, you know, where whereby if you had a friend you know, that sort of treated you badly one day and good the next, you know, you, you wouldn't be able to dismiss what happened yesterday. You'd need to sort it out, as do these kids at such a tender age of, you know, three three and above. So their their behaviours, so the, the social things for her were really hard. We had to teach her how to play like a six-year-old or a five or a six-year-old so she could play with her friends better um, so she was more accepted in, in her in her school playground where and outside of school she had lots of friends that were older and, and you wouldn't even know there was, there was a three or four year age gap between them because there was just, you know, it was perfect play group. It fit for her. Um, Julie, what's your take on that kind of social impact for gifted children, gifted I, and I, I think what we can hear in, in Bryony's story is how important learning for starters is to gifted and talented children's well-being. Uh, so when you support a child's learning, you're actually supporting their general well-being. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about children who learn in quite complex ways, very fast-paced, and so their emotional development may not be keeping pace with their intellectual and creative development. So I think, um, you know, every child has 
is as an individual, even within the one family, kids within the one family are different. So uh, what's important in this case is for children's individual needs to be met. And it might be, there might be some social socialisation challenges, but they, they can be, um, there's solutions. So I think um, what's helpful for families is to tap in to a support network and, and, professional support that can also help them solve everyday challenges. Um, but Bryony, with um, your experience, you you looked at 27 different schools. I mean, how much support did you have in trying to find the right place for your daughter? Um, well, look, I, um, I joined every association um, that I could um, and I had lots of conversations and, and the thing that's difficult sometimes is you know, sometimes different places have different agendas and um, I sort of um, became part of the Mensa welcoming group for new families and um, we then sort of started our own breakout uh, family group where you, you know, meet at the park and, um, and new mums would come with their kids and the kids would all sort of just find each other in the playground and there wouldn't be one session that a mum didn't break down going, I, you know, I don't know how to talk to my school and, and, and my daughter basically you know she went through all those uh, stages of her education before we found out what was going on and not one person not one teacher said anything you know it was you know she's very um, she won't participate in class and it was all there's something wrong with her rather than looking at you know what what's causing her to disengage in the class and it, and it is really true that if you provide the right learning environment and the right social structures and even if they can't have the right social group at school if they have some social connections outside of school where it normalizes you know what they do it's so beneficial to them like my daughter now um, we've moved to another school because we relocated and this school completely get her and her friends um, understand her and she doesn't mind that her friends know that that she is gifted because she's accepted it doesn't matter you know whether what what your quirk is at this school. It's everyone's the same, and they all embrace each other's um, you know uh, strengths and weaknesses. And it's really hard to find that. You know, during my uh, journey of finding this school, I went to 17 other schools after the initial 27 from the first school. So wow, you know, that's <laughs> a lot of schools. I mean, Julie, is is there? I know there's a lot of there's a lot of different supports out there for um, children with special needs. But is there any specific support for gifted and talented children or is this something that we're only sort of just discovering now and is that why Bryony's had to go through such a huge amount of research and finding schools and why perhaps the teachers aren't responding to her daughter's needs? There are thankfully supports out there for families and parents of children who are gifted and talented and I think um, there's a lot more recognition of those talents uh, and gifts earlier on in the process. Can I just, sorry, just to interrupt and yep. ask, um, is there ever, it sounds, what's the difference between gifted and talented children and the diagnoses of Asperger's? Because you often hear of 
children with Asperger's being highly intelligent. Um, is there is there ever any confusion in that regard when it comes to schools and education? Well, it, it's like most things around children's development. Some some children um, may have more than one um, one condition, a single condition. So there may be children who are gifted who may also be on the autism spectrum disorder but let's be clear not we're not saying that all gifted children have autism so again it comes back to assessing individual children it sounds very specialist i mean we've looked into autism and i've and it's not saying that these are connected but um, with children, and particularly young children, it, it sounds like it can be a very long and emotional process to f- discovering what it is that is the particular challenge. And Bryony, I'd just ask you if that's all right. I mean, did you find this to be quite a, a challenging experience? Because when you hear a child is gifted or talented, your immediate reaction is, oh, how brilliant. That sounds like you've got a really amazing gifted child, which obviously you do. Absolutely. It's, it's been a, a, a massive journey for our family. Um, and, you know, and yes, there are there are support groups out there, but until you find those groups and until you become comfortable and, and understand it yourself, you really you really feel um, alone. And I, I actually started my own little group for my daughter and, um, and I said to her, you know, I don't want another family to have to go through what we've gone through. Like if there's anyone that we can help, then we want them to learn from our, our mistakes that we've learned along the way. And one of the most tricky things that I've learned at, as visiting all these different schools is that there, there's, there's basically six types of giftedness and and um, there's, there's every single child, gifted or not gifted, every child learns a different way. And that's why we've got different schools and why some schools suit different kids more than, more than others. Um, but what I, what I do find... Um, really interesting um, with these kids is that they're, they're so forgiving um, of, of people for not understanding them and, and I actually found the hardest thing for me as a parent was dealing with the competitive parents who would be, um, you know, this very first school that we went to it was a, oh well, you know, Jessie's gifted, why isn't her handwriting as good as my daughter's or, you know, it just became this competition and it's like, you know what, we're, we're parents, it's not a, it isn't a competition, it, this, this is the future generations and let's not be nasty in the playground, you know, let, let's, let's embrace everyone's, you know, differences and, um, and you know, make them realise that, it, that it's okay to be different because, let's face it, we'd all be pretty boring if we're all all the same and, and none of us as adults are the same. We're all different. So, Bryony, um, how do you speak to your daughter about the fact that she's gifted? Do you ex- how do you explain that difference to her? Did you, did you need to? Um, I felt that I had to because she felt so different from her peers and misunderstood by most people around her that I asked the psychologist, you know, should I should I tell her that she's gifted? Um, and she sort of said, oh, well, you know, it's your call. But in the end, we, my husband and I sat her down and we said, you know, you know why you sort of feel a little bit different and, you know, went through um, everything. And, and it's really hard having to say to her, you know what, you're, you're gifted, but don't tell anybody because they're going to judge you. And we, you know, that was, that was really heartbreaking for us that we had to, you know, tell her about herself, but 
you know, don't tell anyone else? And why, why can't I tell other people about this? Well, you know, because... Because you live in Australia and we've got tall poppy yeah, syndrome. Yeah, tall poppies, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Bryony, if you had any advice for parents who might suspect that their child is gifted or talented, what would you say to them? I, I would go to a developmental psychologist and I, I would have the I would have the conversation. You know, some people, um, you know, you can have a conversation with a classroom teacher, but if they're not, uh, if they haven't had training in gifted and talented children, they're not going to see the little quirks that, that are quite easily missed or misdiagnosed as Asperger's or, or something like that. A lot of kids are misdiagnosed. You know, over, over the course, there are there are self-assessment checklists that you can um, download from the VAGTC website that you know basically give you a list of 30 characteristics. And um, you know, you don't have to have all the 30 characteristics, but if your child's got quite a few of them, you know, you, you're probably onto something. Um, there's the different support groups that you can go along to and go, hey, you know what? I think my child might be used to. What, what do you think? What's your experience been? You know, I, I hosted a night down in, um, in Mount Eliza and um, 30 people arrived, you know, from, from one, one email out and, um, and they're all just there going. Half of them thought that their, that their child might be gifted and the other half knew that their child was gifted. So what we might do is we'll put the, the website that you've suggested up online, Bryony. And what would you say, Julie, finally as well? Well, I, I think parents might at some stage want to decide whether they want to go down a formal diagnostic route uh, and have their children's IQ tested, for example. For some parents, that's been um, a real turning point because they feel like they've got something in their hand they can take to school and, and get some additional support for their child. Other parents might do it much more informally and ju- gather together some um, outstanding pieces of work and so on and have those conversations uh, with school communication is a huge a huge element of what we're talking about and so parents are going to need to be um, fairly persistent in, in having those conversations with different teachers, different educational psychologists and so on uh, but parents are giving other parents a lot of support around around this topic and every state and territory in Australia has a, a, an association for parents of gifted and talented children. Brilliant. Well, ladies, thank you so much, both of you, for joining us today um, and for giving us your insight into gifted and talented children. Bryony, thank you. Thank you for your time. No problem. Thank you. And Julie, thanks for coming in. My pleasure. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.